Good morning and welcome to the Snake River Lib Podcast. It's the day after, meaning the day after the Iowa caucuses. Donald Trump, uh, over 50% of the vote, or the caucus goers, I should say. Technically not a vote, per se. Ron DeSantis, uh, second place. Nikki Haley, third, close behind DeSantis. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, with seven, almost 8% of the vote, has announced that he's suspending his campaign and that he's going to support Donald Trump. That's the state of affairs. Donald Trump comes out strong on immigration. He's not a... It's not a typical bombastic speech. Comes out strong on illegal immigration. I should clarify, because for the mainstream media, of course, they take President Trump's position on illegal immigration and conflates it to mean that he's against all immigration, which he's not. Even though, personally, I think at this point that there needs to be zero immigration. You don't want to say zero, of course, you know, zero tolerance kind of stuff. Uh, simply be because there could be exceptions, but you, so right now I think we're at a place where we need to severely hamper legal immigration as well until we get a handle on what we have in our country. President Trump had the opportunity to secure the border. I think that what a president needs to do is needs to go to Mexico and say, we're parking our troops on your side of the border. We're not invading. Although I guess technically you could say that would be an invasion. But since you're not willing to secure the border on your side, we are going to do it for you. And then go to Congress and say, okay, we don't want a comprehensive immigration reform, but we want to change our asylum processes. We want to change everything. So that we're compliant. International law, by the way, on requests for asylum means that you make that request in the first country you're safe in. Now you might say, well, Mexico is not a safe place. And perhaps it's not, but why isn't it safe? It's not safe because of the drug cartels that we are financing. And I don't mean financing through the drug trade, of course, although they're making record profits on that. I'm talking about the money that we are giving to the drug cartels through non-government organizations from grants from the federal government, which means your tax dollars. To get these illegals here. You want to kill the cartels? Shut down catch and release. Create a stay in Mexico, remain in Mexico, you know, reinstate that program so that people don't come here and disappear. Shut the border down completely first. And when Mexico says, well, we're not going to do that, you know, you know, they're trying to play big, big dog with us. And that's fine. They can, except for one thing. 
Congress could tomorrow say we're going to pass a 30% tax on remittances of money leaving this country. And we're just going to have to do without fresh produce for a while because it's worth it. Cars made in Mexico, well, that could be coming into play as well. Now, you're going to get all sorts of corporate interest screaming, and I can hear people saying, how can you even pretend to be a libertarian and say those kind of things? Well, the bottom line is this. You can't have a nation without borders, without sovereignty. And right now, you have who knows how many million. Well, we know that there's 8 to 10 million people in this country that are... And when I say 8 to 10, that's probably a gross underestimate of the numbers until we get all that settled out we have to look out for America which makes me want to say that you know if I were Republicans first of all let me let's talk about get the the primary stuff out of the way Nikki Haley is the of course the never Trumper candidate she will immediately be morphed into Trump if somehow, miraculously, she were able to get the nomination. She thinks right now she's the darling of the media. She's the choice of Democrats. In fact, a, a number of Nikki Haley voters have said that if she's not the nominee, they're voting for Biden. That really is all you need to know about Nikki Haley. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul's come out and has a website, nevernicky.com. So while he's not endorsed Trump or DeSantis or anyone, he has certainly come out and said who he will not endorse. And I think that right now, I've mentioned this before, but I'll just go, just rehash it again. This would be, this year, would be a really good opportunity if you had a strong third-party candidate. Now, there were rumblings of RFK Jr. Joe Manchin, uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, not running for re-election. He's exploring uh, the potential for a third-party nomination, but whoever's going to be third-party, they've got to get this right, and getting that right is not trying to raise money and campaign in all 50 states. You know, if you end up with a treasure trove, you know, you win one of those $1 billion lot or Powerballs or something, and you want to spend it all on, on that, maybe you can expand. But what you really need to focus on are states that are really in the middle. States like Arizona, states like Nevada, states like um, Virginia, Maine, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, if you will, Michigan, Wisconsin. We've got a lot of voters there that, you know, they voted for Trump in 2016, not New Hampshire, but, but, uh, 
you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania voted for Biden allegedly in 2020. Focus on those states. Because here's the problem. Here's the thing. And, you know, even though 2016 was a year similar, what we have now is you have likely, I mean, we don't know for sure that Trump will be the nominee, but, you know, barring some catastrophic event, he will be. And when I say catastrophic, I'm not meaning that it would be sad if Trump is not the nominee. What I mean is catastrophic in that... For example, he ends up being tried and convicted of some of these bogus crimes or something like that. Or maybe he dies or maybe Joe Biden dies. You know, neither one of them are young. Joe Biden is above the median age for passing for adult males. President, President Trump is nearly there. So these are always issues. These are always potential issues. So what does that do? You've got you've got two candidates that the American public both or overwhelmingly, not both, overwhelmingly want someone else to vote for. Now, you're not going to get that because the parties are going to be very very good at saying, well, a vote for a third party candidate is a vote for the other guy. You know, the vast majority of states aren't in play, sadly. And so that just leaves a handful of states. And really, only a handful of states really where a third party candidate can be competitive. Joe Manchin's problem, I was getting to that, and I apologize because I'm all over the place while I'm walking. Joe Manchin's problem is he's overwhelmingly voted with Biden. You know, the Inflation Reduction Act, which he touted as saving money, is blowing the budget wide open. And with that inflation, which is making a comeback, contrary to what you would hear on the news, and we're going to talk about the news here in just a minute, inflation is very real. People who would like to buy homes can't. And so who who's buying up properties? Big corporations turning around, renting them out. The World Economic Forum has a has a belief in their if you if you're one of these people with the World Economic you know as far as the conspiracy, but it's not conspiracy because they've said this says that the people will own nothing and they will be happy. This is something that people don't really get. You know, there's a Peace and Atlas Shrugged, and I'm all over the place, I'm sorry, where state science institute guy is asking, you know, after offering a huge amount of money for the patent to Reardon Metal, you know, and Henry Reardon refuses, of course, and he says, well, why? He says, you work really, really hard, and you're just eking out pennies. He said, because it's mine. Do you understand that? And of course he didn't understand that. 
And that's the difference. Whether it's whether it's the Wesley Mouch, whether it's Ellsworth Tui and and uh, the Fountainhead, these people don't care about the material stuff. They just want the power. They want control, and they despise ownership. But Joe Manchin, his, he had his chance. He's had his chances. And while he makes himself out to be some moderate Democrat, the, the truth is the vast majority of time he, he has voted along with Biden and the squad. Radical judges, he's voted for them. There's been a handful of nominees that were so impalatable that probably he did the administration a favor by by spiking their nominations. But the judges that have been appointed have been with Manchin's blessings, and that's going to be a problem for him. RFK Jr., also a progressive. There's a rumor, or other people, maybe it's a, a dream team, RFK Jr. running with Tulsi Gabbard. And to me, that would be a problem. That is a ticket that could, I mean, if you're a Trump fan, I should say, that's a ticket that could be disruptive, that could go into Arizona, that could go into Nevada. Um... New Hampshire you know all you have to do so in case you're not familiar with what happens if neither if no candidate achieves a majority in the electoral college no candidate so right now that's at 270 if no candidate hits 270 Then the election's thrown to the House of Representatives, where the House of Representatives vote for the president. And that vote is done by state. So even if the Democrats say we're to win the majority in the House, it's quite possible that they would still have a minority and you think that the people screeching about the Electoral College have a problem? Imagine what would happen if the majority of states in the House, which was a minority of the total House membership, voted for the Republicans. But that's where, that's where this third party comes in. You start picking off states like Arizona. You start picking off states of New Hampshire. Yeah, these are small states, but you don't, you don't need much in a tightly contested election. You just need enough to deprive either candidate of that 270. Once you deprive them of that, it goes to the House. And then all bets are off. Because... Theoretically, that spoiler could be elected. And it could be, you know, in a tightly divided house, 
that they say, you know what, the American people do not want. They didn't want it before. The election is going to be a little bit different, right? You know, one of the, one of those two parties is going to have the majority of popular vote. But that has nothing to do with how the House of Representatives votes. I've gone a little bit long on that. I apologize. But when it comes to third party, if they focus not nationally but on specific states, and their message is this, we're going to throw this to the House. We know we can't win. All we want to do is we want to deprive these candidates, which you, by the way, as an American electorate, polling have said that you don't want either one of them. Here's your chance to fix it. And you in Arizona, and you in New Hampshire. I mean, you might even go wacko and say, well, what about Colorado or New Mexico? Some of these states, which are normally blue states, you're going to have to get people out of that either-or mindset of Republican or Democrat, and that's going to be hard. Anyway, one last thing. I was listening, you know, one thing that you can tell, you know, I've said from the beginning that I don't think Trump can win the general. I have to soften on that a little bit because of the shrieking that went on on MSNBC last night when Trump was declared the winner. Not only declared the winner, but there was a landslide. Rachel Maddow in particular, her rant was just a rant for the ages. And, and it reminded me of what happened on election night in 2016. And I'm starting to wonder if they think that this might not be something that they can manage with their election shenanigans. If they're starting to think that man, that uh, Biden really does not have the ability to win in this situation. And I'm thinking that that might be the case. And if that's the case, then pretty much everything I've said about Trump not being electable obviously is not true. And I'll stand corrected on that. Because the way they're acting, it sounds like they might see something that I'm not quite seeing yet. Is Trump a strong candidate? Absolutely. But he also has a ceiling. You've got Democrats will not vote for him. Although minority groups, if you can make an effective campaign of what this illegal immigration is doing to blacks and to Hispanics and other minorities who are here legally, the impact on them, I think you can make inroads. And that would also seal the Democrat Party's fate 
and it ends up being a landslide for Trump. I don't know that I see that again. I'm I'm really still on the... I don't know that Trump has a path to victory, but actually it looks like he might. One last thing. You know, um, CNN, MSNBC last night did not show... Uh, Trump's victory speech. They well, CNN cut out when Trump started talking about immigration, and this is a huge weak spot for Byron, for Biden. There's no question of that. Biden is in huge trouble because of his immigration policies. <laughs> huge trouble. And so CNN cuts off. MSNBC. Rachel Maddow goes on to say. Well, we don't air Trump anymore live. If we have anything that is newsworthy, we'll report it. And But her justification for that is just mind-boggling. She said the reason is, is that they are a news outlet and they only report truth. Joe Biden couldn't, he couldn't even recognize the truth if it was right in front of him. You know, his, his talking about Chancellorsville, remember where Trump said there's fine people on both sides? He said that. But he wasn't referring to the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists. Because right after he said there are fine people on both sides, he said, but that doesn't include them. Those people are just ridiculous or whatever. Joe Biden uses that constantly. Joe Biden talks about being at the center of the civil rights movement, and yet he was against busing, yet he was against everything that the civil rights movement stood for. Just like any good Southern Democrat. Until that wasn't a viable strategy. To this day, Joe Biden, he, 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 his, you know, where is Rachel Maddow correcting the facts of anything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth? That he practically grew up in the Puerto Rican community in Scranton. Or, how about this? He attended all the funerals of the police officers that died as a result of January 6th. So, in other words, he didn't attend any funerals because the only person that died from, as a direct result of January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who was one of the protesters. And, of course, I don't know if you've heard, but now, apparently, the shooter, Capitol Police officer, shot her, and then he goes onto his radio and says, shots fired, weapons drawn. The only shot that was fired was the shot that killed Ashley Babbitt. And she was unarmed. And she was trying to get through a broken window. Should she have been doing that? No. Now, they will say the Department of Justice 
conducted an investigation? No, they didn't. Capitol Police conducted an investigation? No, they didn't. There was no investigation. Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Period. If you're not ready to use murder, then manslaughter. But yet there's no investigation and there's certainly no charges brought against the police officer who shot and killed her. An unarmed person who was no threat to him. We've seen just enough of the footage from January 6th to know that what the committee put up to view was not an accurate depiction. And now you have the case in Georgia falling apart. You've got where, you know, they make a big deal about Fannie Willis hiring her lover and scamming a bunch of money from the taxpayers of Fulton County to go on personal trips and such with with him. That's small potatoes. Here's what's really big. The special prosecutor that she hired met with both the January 6th committee and White House counsel, which means this is direct election interference in anticipation of Donald Trump running for election in 2024. That's the big deal. The Supreme Court's going to be hearing arguments in a few weeks regarding whether or not Trump can be tried for, or whether or not there is immunity for the President of the United States in conduct of his office. There's, uh, Supreme Court's also considering whether or not a state can arbitrarily remove someone from the ballot without cause. Anyway, lots going on. Anyway, um, I said that, just said anyway, didn't I? It's the Snake River Lib. Have a wonderful day, and we'll get back to you.